Welcome, welcome everyone to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner, and today we are talking nutrition. That's right, nutrition. Um, and to start that conversation off, we're going to be talking balanced diet with proper hydration. And to do so, I've brought in a friend of the podcast. She's a registered dietitian, nutritionist, runner, mama three, and she's the health and wellness communications manager at Dairy Max. So let's talk nutrition with Jenna Allen. Well, help me turn the turn in. Well, help me get it right. I don't want to hurt nobody. Well, I don't want to fight. Well, offer me the peace of mind and let me. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Hey, Jeff. I'm great. Thanks for wow. having me. You're welcome. Thanks for uh, coming in and being a part of this uh, nutrition series with us. It's um, it's one of the things, uh, like I mentioned in the in the intro, is a lot of people have been asking, can we do more nutrition? You know, I want to hear like what's the what's proper proper way to do so. So got on the phone with you and I was like, hey, would you want to be, <laughs> would you want to come and do this? So, so yeah, I think it's great to be able to talk um, hydration, which is uh, always a major part of it, but also a balanced diet aspect of it too because you get a lot of that how do you know do we have carbs do we do proteins how much fat should i have so this is giving me hopefully a good conversation to have for the listener to understand what's going on and what they need to look for when it comes to their diet so yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm glad there's excitement around the topic <laughs> <laughs> so how long so let's let's give a little bit of uh, background here for everybody first how long have you been uh, a nutritionist I have been a registered dietitian for going on 13 years. Okay. Um, yeah. Colorado native, went to Colorado State University for my degree, um, ended up going back to school and getting a master's in nutrition. I loved it so much. Did a little bit of counseling, outpatient counseling, employee wellness, dabbled in the sports nutrition world, um, but really fell in love with nutrition communications and just being able to speak the science of nutrition in a language that the everyday person can understand and put into practice. So that's really where my passion lies. Got it. And so is now do you have a, a particular specialty when it comes to like the nutrition stuff? Is it more just balance, overall balance diet? Yeah, balanced nutrition. Um, sports nutrition has always been an interest of mine. I have been an athlete for a number of years, was actually a world champion jump roper back in the day. And Wait, hold on. <laughs> Wait, what was, what was that? Because I didn't know that. Yes. A world champion jump roper. So what does yes. that entail? Let's, now, now I'm intrigued. Sorry, everybody. We're going to listen on this conversation just for a quick second. Jump yeah. roping. Let's talk so about I, jump roping really fast. <laughs> I competed in the sport of jump rope all through middle school, high school, and into college, um, oh both at the national and the world level, and taught jump rope. So, yeah, traveled the world doing jump rope, and running was a side gig at the time. So. I'm, I'm speechless. I, I knew that there was a lot of competitive things out there. I didn't know that jump rope could take people that high. So is it is it singles? Is it doubles? All of it. Individual it. team, yep. Oh my Speed, God. freestyle, double dutch, single rope, so, lots of fun, good workout. <laughs> so that means, and this is going to be a benefit to our Colorado runners, that means that if I needed to have a jump rope demonstration at one of our Colorado races this summer, I know who you to call. You know who to call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I, I, you know what? You learn something new every day and that's that's just a great tidbit to have. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so hey, let's let's get into it. I want to start with hydration. 
um, you know, hydration is one of those big things as like how much we should be drinking on a regular basis in, in your normal everyday life, but also how much we should be drinking when it comes to uh, your training pre-race, during race, and even after the race. So let's let's start breaking that down. So let's start with the overall everyday use as far as hydration goes. Yeah, um, so how how as, much should we be actually drinking? Sure. So just as important as the foods that we consume, adequate hydration is so key to optimal performance every day. So, you know, we want to think about baseline hydration. And then for runners, we need to think about adequate hydration for activity as well. So the general recommendation for anybody is drinking half of your body weight in ounces per day. So for example, a 150 pound runner would need about 75 ounces of water daily. That's baseline. Um, that's not additional fluids. That's not your average fluid recommendation. It's truly just water. So half of your weight in water daily. Keep wow. in mind, that's like truly a general rule. It depends on body weight, level of training, if you're running more and it's hot outside, how much you sweat. So all of those things then factor into the runner thinking about how much water they need. Um, so truly to provide an exact number is difficult. So I tell athletes to do a couple of things. The first is to take a look at your urine. I know it sounds weird, but first thing in the morning, look at your urine. If it's light yellow, we're thinking like lemonade color, you're doing well in hydration. If it's anything darker than that, you need to bump up the hydration. Um, and then the other thing you can do is take your weight before you run and after you run. As little as a one to 2% change in body weight between that pre-run weight and that post-run weight indicates dehydration or inadequate hydration during exercise. So again, that 150-pound runner, as little as a pound and a half to three pounds loss between the pre-weight and the post-weight indicates that you didn't drink enough during your run. So those are the two yes. things runners can do to make sure they're drinking enough. And I always say, carry a water bottle with you all day, every day. Our thirst is a great indicator of needing water, but it's not the best indicator, especially if we're on a long run in the heat of the summer. That um, thirst just doesn't quite tell us how much we need to drink. Wow. So when it comes to like the everyday hydration, can uh, I mean, does does your uh, you know coffees and juices and all does that stuff include is that included in your hydration? Is that okay as far as part of that? half your body weight in, in liquid? So ideally that's just your water. So half okay, of your body wow. weight just in water. The hydration recommendations are higher than that. And it takes into account all of the things we drink during the day, your coffee, your milk, your juice, um, even the fluids you get from fruits and vegetables. So I tell people do all of those things, but really aim for that water intake of half of your body weight. And then you'll know you're adequately hydrated. That's good. I, my, my wife is a huge uh, coffee and five hour energy drinker. Mm -hmm. And so if she's listening in on this, it's not <laughs> half your body weight in coffee. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's water. <laughs> it is. It is. Although there's some interesting studies on coffee and caffeine right before running too. So that's, yeah, a, that's, that's true. That's, that's a, that's a topic for another day. Actually. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to what, uh, people are looking at from their hydration, from a, from pre, from a training run. Let's let's and let's just narrow it down a little bit because obviously training can be months out to all the way up to the week in advance. So let's look at it from from a week a week leading up to your race to maybe you know, the night before. How much should should a runner be looking at doing as as their training um, kind of you know curtails a little bit 
right? Because you're obviously not going to be training as much as you can get to one to two days next to the event. So how does that hydration look for, for somebody in their training from a one week out? Sure. So I just stick to that baseline recommendation and then really look at how hard you're training and rehydrating on those training days with more water than that baseline. So as your training tapers off, you're not going to need that additional water during activity, um, but you still need that baseline throughout. And if you can meet that, you're probably adequately hydrated for a race day. A couple of things to keep in mind as far as running goes is that if you're running like a training run that's less than an hour long, usually water is adequate. And I tell people 24 to 30 ounces of water in addition to that baseline during your one hour training. So ideally you're hydrated all day. You go out for a training run and you drink 24 to 30 ounces of water. That's a good couple of swigs or gulps of water every 15 to 20 minutes. And that's truly all the additional water you probably need. If you're running longer than an hour, you need more water. And then you also need to think about those other sources of carbohydrates, electrolytes, things that you need to replenish for those longer runs. Um, So truly, if people can meet that baseline recommendation and then be rehydrating during training runs, you're probably pretty adequately fueled for race day. I got a personal question because I've always, I, I love, I'm a huge sparkling water, right? I, I love it, but I also like a lot of flavored water. So you see a lot of the, like tons of companies out there now have those little, like, I don't know, the Mio or something. It's like the flavor. Yeah, you pour like, into water. Yeah. Like yeah. what's, what is your take on some of those? I mean, are those, should we be looking at those? Should we, should I, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of those, you know, type of flavored stuff. So is that something that should be uh, like tapered off as well? All of those add to fluid intake and add to hydration. They're not going to be bad. And honestly, your your body will pull water from your gut when it needs to. So whether that comes from the water that you've added the Neo to or coffee or anything else, your body is going to pull the water it needs to from your gut, regardless of the source that it comes from. Um, so I tell people if that helps you drink more water, go for it. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Especially when they're calorie free. They're not adding to the calories that you're concerned about or not concerned about. Some people can tolerate them. Some people can't depending on the ingredients that are in them. I'm a huge fan of the, the flavored sparkling waters, like the canned sparkling waters. Um, those are truly just water mm. with natural yeah, flavor so and combination I, yeah. added. Yeah, so those are fine too. Um, so all of this adds to the hydration. Water is key, water is great. It's probably the best yeah. choice, but none of those are bad choices if they help you adequately hydrate. Um, and when it comes to, I mean, when you were talking during event, it, that's really, a really tough one to kind of put on a strict like hey this is what you should be doing obviously because it's going to be towards the person how much sweat they're they're kicking out right and how how much they actually need and if they're doing a 5k versus a half marathon so um so let's let's move towards the the post event uh, because you need to rehydrate and everything else afterwards what would be your calculation as far as in like your water intake after after an event is over with You know, ideally you're getting that 24 to 30 ounces of water every hour. So that two to three big gulps every 15 or 20 minutes. And then I just tell people to rely on their thirst afterward and drink till you feel like you've had enough. We obviously don't want to overdo it. There are consequences to having too much fluid, um, but we also want to make sure we're adequately rehydrating after an event. Um, So that, that 
is both the fluids as well as then the refueling piece of it too that we can talk about. But um, everybody's so different in how much you sweat, yeah. whether it's hot outside or not, you know. Um, so it's truly hard to give an exact recommendation. That's where I tell people it's really important to figure it out during training and to know how much you your, your body really needs. Listen to those cues and then make sure you're truly just adequately, you know, trying to hydrate as well. Um, every 15 or 20 minutes, taking a gulp or two and you're probably doing okay. So one of the things that I don't know came out years years ago now uh, was uh, some really great recovery drinks and chocolate milk has always been on the top of the list you know again over the last few years. Um, what is some of the science behind why chocolate milk works so well for a recovery period, you know, perspective and is that more is it because of the dairy or is it or is that something if you're a vegan or you're not you know, lactose intolerant does a, a dairy supplement also work in that same regard? Sure. So for recovery, we're really looking at carbohydrates and proteins um, as being the kind of the primary sources in addition to hydration. And so years ago, scientists started looking at milk as kind of a natural recovery beverage because it does have what we call the golden ratio of carbs to proteins. So chocolate milk has carbohydrates. White milk does as well, just not quite as many. But chocolate milk has the natural lactose as well as added sugar. And then it has eight grams of high-quality protein. And so a lot of researchers started looking at it as a really affordable, inexpensive, you know, easy-to-get source of nutrition. A lot of people like chocolate milk. So it was just a kind of easy, easy thing to study. And they really found out that it truly had um, some great benefits to it. The other thing with milk is it's 90% water. So there's a hydration piece to it. And then it also naturally contains electrolytes. So your potassium, your calcium, it has a little bit of sodium in it. Um, and remember, we lose those things when we sweat. And so it naturally has those nutrients to rehydrate the body and then the carbohydrates to help replenish the glycogen stores and then to pro the protein to help build and repair muscles. So it truly just became a, an easy an easy source, an easy go-to for people. A cost I guess a cost-effective way yep. too, right? Yeah. yeah, and as far as lactose intolerance, um, there's lactose-free milk. Um, it has the same nutrients as regular cow's milk, just not the lactose. So it has the same post-recovery benefit that regular milk does. Um, there's a lot of new dairy products on the market that are ultra-filtered, so they're a little bit higher in protein, uh, lactose-free. There's a lot of options now for people mm. when it comes to choosing a chocolate milk that meets their needs. Does an all like an almond milk? Does that give you the same type of proteins and carbohydrates as, as the dairy stuff too? So it doesn't. Um, usually uh, the almond okay. beverages have about a gram of protein. So it'll have some of the carbohydrates, but it won't have the protein that milk provides. Um, so it's, it's, it's an option for people, but it doesn't have that same carb to protein ratio that chocolate milk does. As as you said, with, the, with, the, with white milk versus chocolate milk, it's giving you the same amount of, of protein, just the carbohydrates are a little bit lower, right? Correct. So, but, but, yeah. But, Regular milk is still just as fine. Absolutely. Yep. Regular milk has, uh, white milk has 12 grams of lactose in a serving where chocolate milk has 25. So it's just how many carbs are you getting? Yeah. Um, the protein's the same. The the nutrients are the same. Those electrolytes and water that you get are the same. It's truly just the carbs. It's just not the same mentality, though, when you go to drink white milk versus chocolate milk at the finish line. Am I right, I though? I was going to say, I mean, chocolate's pretty satisfying I mean, after a race. It's kind of right? like that dessert, in a sense. Like, that's the way I look at it. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, this is it's chocolate. And it kind of feeds that dessert <laughs> craving, right? Exactly. Whereas, 
I there's parts of me that I just can't drink regular milk after I'm done working out or or running because I'm just like, oh, it's it's more healthy for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> you deserve the chocolate. <laughs> I deserve the chocolate, right? <laughs> so let's get into uh, a little bit more of the food aspect now, and I want to look at it from you know. There's always you know I always hear runners talking about you know carbohydrates versus protein versus fats, right? So we'll get into that in a second. You know, what are, I guess, what are some really good foods for, for runners during training and during, you know, like that month to a week time frame is two different things. So let's look at it from uh, your weeks, you know, one or two weeks leading up to your race. What are some of, uh, some of those foods that you should be looking at? And, and to, on top of that, should your balance of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins mimic, you know, your, your diet? you know, from a two month out to a, to a week out to a couple of days out. Yeah. So there are some slight shifts that needs to change, but what I always tell athletes is you're not going to be successful on the trail if you don't have a good base diet coming into a race. And so what I love about nutrition is that there's really no one right way to eat. There's science to support kind of a general healthy eating plan or a, a healthy way to eat, but there's a lot of choices then within that and variety within that to make it your own and to find what works for you. Food is fuel. All five food groups play a really important role in overall health as well as fueling our performance. Um, so what I'd like to tell athletes to do is really focus on what their plate looks like and how their plate is divided. Um, generally speaking, kind of a couple weeks out, general balanced healthy diet for athletes. Half the plate should be fruits and vegetables, a quarter of the plate protein, and then a quarter of the plate carbohydrates, whole grains. As training gets more intense, you're running longer, harder, you're coming up on race day, you're get tapering off and getting close to race day. I always say shift that plate a little bit, then quarter of the plate fruits and vegetables, quarter of the plate protein, and then half of the plate becomes your carbohydrates. So you're bumping up your carbohydrates as you get closer to race day or as training kind of bumps up and ramps up. Um, so think about the plate in kind of quarters and quadrants, and we're shifting that half the plate fruits and vegetables to quarter and really giving more of the plate those carbohydrates for the the longer, intenser, you know, closer to race day kind of training. So let's talk about... About, and I just want to do this because I, I it used to be one of those things when you go to events and you know, let's talk about big races like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out and we're going to have a carbohydrate dinner. Right? We're going to carb load the night before mm -hmm. your race. That's a myth. I know that. But <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, because that's still a thing. Though. Like people are like, I'm going to yep. carb load up the night before. So talk to me a little bit about that and explain why that shouldn't be the case and why you should carb load. I believe it's like two or three nights yeah, you start shifting a little bit farther out. Correct. Yeah. So carbohydrates are your primary fuel source for athletes. So it's what your body, it's what your muscles use. It's what your brain uses. And so carbs are important, especially as we're ramping up our training or as we're trying to so-called carbo load, right, leading up to a race. Um, those carbs are really important for that. Uh, performance suffers, recovery suffers if we don't have enough carbohydrates in the diet, but you're right, the night before isn't gonna do you any good. We wanna focus two or three days out, really thinking about starting to shift that plate to um, more focus on the carbohydrates, still some protein and fruits and vegetables, right? We still want that balance in the diet, but those carbohydrates are our fuel. So we wanna fill our muscles with the muscle glycogen, the carbohydrate that comes from our diet, and really have it be fully stocked and ready to go for race day. 
Yeah, because I, I don't know, the, the times that I've done that, I just feel bogged down, right? And that's pretty much probably standard is you just feel like you're really heavy yeah. that, that race morning, right? Yeah, so. and, it, and it goes back to balance too. We also want to make sure we're not overeating, right? That we don't want to just be so full and overfed. So we still want to be thinking about eating enough to fuel, but not mm-hmm. overdoing it either with the piles and piles of spaghetti the night before a race kind of thing. So. Yeah. Um, let's talk about re- uh, rest days, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to your training. Like what what should we be looking at is, uh, is the, is obviously your portions are probably going to be pretty close to similar, right? That 25%, the everything else. Um, but what are some really great ideas for rest day nutrition? Yeah. So a lot of people think they need to rein in their calories on rest day. And like you said, that's really not the case. We want to make sure that um, even on rest day, when our body is in that recovery phase, we're still eating that balanced diet, thinking about our plate. Um, so it really doesn't change much. But a couple of things to think about on rest day is truly just that hunger is important and we need to listen to those hunger cues. Eat when we're hungry, stop when we're full. Um, we also want to focus on hydration. So rest days are a great day to catch up on hydration if we find that we're slightly dehydrated. And then a couple of things I tell people to do, and this is just general nutrition, but rest days are a good time to think about that is to really fortify our diet with fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables are packed with vitamins and minerals. They have powerful antioxidants. They might play a role in anti-inflammatory and kind of maybe prevention of injury and that kind of thing. So we always say fortify your plate. Sometimes you'll have a hard time with fruits and vegetables and then going for a run because the fiber can really kind of upset the GI system. So rest days are a great day to bump up that fruit, fruit and veggie intake and really get those colorful fruits and vegetables that provide the antioxidants and the nutrients the body needs. So to my San Diego runners, that means don't go out and have a big old burrito right on your rest day. It's... <laughs> <laughs> We still want to enjoy food, right? Still want to enjoy it. There has to be some enjoyment. Balance is key. So there there needs to be a uh, a balance between carbohydrates and proteins and fats, but how much fats is good versus too much, right? Like where's the where's the line drawn on on the fat intake? Because that's always something that people always get concerned about too. And that's that's just a normal like everyday person that's you know on the street wanting to rein in their diet a little bit to somebody who actually is a runner and needs to look at that. But fats are super important to the, to the diet. And, and that's where I get, you know, personally, I look at that because I don't, you want to have something that's got the good fats, but you're not, because I'm a sweets person, right? So I, <laughs> <laughs> those are all the bad fats that I shouldn't be having, but I, what's, what's the whole entire idea on goods versus bad fats and how much does that play into the normal everyday balanced diet? Yeah, so fats are one of the three macronutrients or macros as everybody calls them lately, Mm -hmm. right? So we know what the carbs do. They're the energy. The protein helps with muscle repair and rebuilding. Um, Fats are pretty important in terms of kind of being our energy reserve. Um, They also help us absorb nutrients. Um, They help us produce hormones. 
And then we can tap into fat stores during long, slow, you know, kind of low intensity runs as well. So fats are important in the diet. Um, fats have gotten a lot of attention lately with some of the higher fat diets that are out there. And there is a key between choosing kind of the good for you fats and the not so good for you fats. Um, so I try and tell people to think about having a fat source at every meal, but we want to think about healthier fats. So things like nuts, nut butters, avocado, olive oil, avocado oil, um, really kind of thinking about how we can use those healthy fats to not only be a source of energy um, and calories in the diet, but also provide those essential fatty acids that the body needs as well. So you say uh, like avocado oil, like what's the difference between olive oil and avocado oil? Is there is there a true difference when it comes to what you're using on that? So they just have a different fatty acid makeup. So whether it's a little bit more monounsaturated or polyunsaturated fatty acids, yeah. all of those oils are slightly different. Both of those tend to be higher in um, healthy fats, if you will, the monounsaturated fatty acids. They are pretty easy to cook with. A lot of people like to use them. So those are yeah. two that I lean on the most. Um, guess, so so it, I mean, this is a good thing because a lot of people, when they go to eat, let's say a, a handful of almonds or whatever. That's the one thing you have to also look at, if I'm not mistaken, is how much you're actually taking in. Like those are, it's a good fat, but you can't have a huge bag of almonds, right? And get sure. and- Yeah, <laughs> fats are a concentrated source of carbohydrates. So the portion sizes are definitely smaller on those. So um, I think it's like 13 or 15 almonds, right? Just a small handful, <laughs> uh, half of an avocado, a drizzle of olive oil. So it's not a lot, but it's enough to provide those fats that the body needs. Nice. So how does, um, how does like the sugar-free diets play into all of the stuff like that? Cause that's another big, big thing that's out there now is, Hey, I'm, I'm cutting all the sugar out of my, out of my diet. How does that play in? So you can still enjoy carbohydrates and not be eating sugar, if you will. Although I say that and carbohydrates <laughs> turn to sugar in the body. Right. So, you know, we can, we can think we're doing a good job and there's nothing wrong with eating a diet that is full of nutrient rich, high quality carbohydrates, but void of sugar, right? White right. table sugar, um, if you will. So I tell people with the carbohydrates to focus on quality. Runners need carbohydrates. Athletes need carbohydrates. It is a good source of energy. We just want to choose the healthier carbohydrates more often. So yes, you could choose a very sweet cookie, or if you're <laughs> giving that up, you can choose high quality whole grain, you know, I'm thinking like brown rice, quinoa, those are those are better quality carbohydrates. They're still going to provide the sugar that the body needs, that the muscles need, but they're not the, the white sugar, the refined sugar, the refined grains, if you will. So it's all about quality when it comes to carbs for runners. Um, fruits are also a good source of carbohydrate. Starchy veggies are a good source of carbohydrate. Milk and dairy products, specifically yogurt and milk, provide carbohydrate. So you can absolutely still get the carbohydrate the body needs without the sugar from the diet if you will does that make sense oh yeah totally I you know it's one of those things like I I've I've been in CrossFit I've, I've done a number of number of other fitness programs where a lot of the times it's like hey we're gonna do a you know not no sugar challenge or diet <laughs> or whatever it is and and <laughs> To me, again, I'm a sweets guy. I love sweets. Yeah. So I, and I know those are things that I need to personally cut out, right? But I look at it as, you know, carbohydrates pretty much are sugar. So how do you, how do you, does an athlete, you know, start to cut that stuff out, you know, and still maintain a, a, 
a balanced diet of everything. That's I guess that's always been my personal take on it. Like, well, yeah, we can cut that out, but what are what are we really eating that's that's going to be a benefit to you know, to my workout or whatever, you know? Sure. So that's so. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with those challenges and having us look at our diet oh, yeah. a little bit harder and figure 100%. out where we can make some some good quality changes. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the day, runners need carbohydrates, and so I'm of the belief that you know diets that are extreme in one way or the other probably aren't going to suit the athlete the best, right? Food's meant to be enjoyed, life's meant to be enjoyed, and so there has to be oh, yeah, definitely too in, in what we give up and what we enjoy and, and where we find that nutritional, you know, diet for us. So one of the other uh I, I mean it's, it's a diet fad, I guess maybe, or maybe it's not, but the you know the keto way of dieting is kind of the you know, big thing nowadays, how does that kind of affect with, and what, I guess, more importantly, what is the full keto diet and how does that pertain to if somebody, if, if, if I was, you know, a, a, an ultra runner, right. And I was on a keto diet, how does that factor into a balanced, a balanced meal? Yep. So a keto diet is a, a truly high fat diet. So it's high fat, moderate protein, and then very, very low carbohydrate with the goal of changing the way your body uses energy. Basically, um, you're not using the energy from carbohydrates because there aren't many carbohydrates in the diet. So your body actually goes into what's called ketosis. And it's a different way of, of burning and using fuel. Basically, there's a lot of research on the keto diet as it really relates to helping to treat things like epilepsy. There's not a lot of research on the diet as it pertains to athletes or as it pertains to overall health in the long term. And so I've had some friends lose weight on keto. I've had some friends that are all for keto and I am not opposed to it, but I am cautious about it, specifically as it relates to the long-term benefits and the long-term health risks potentially of a very, very high fat diet. So I say that kind of with the love of everybody has to find what's right for them. Yes, um, but, I agree with but that. But athletes in particular really need to make sure they have adequate carbs to fuel performance as well. So, Got it. So I want to hear, um, I'd like to know what your tips are for, for running nutrition, mm-hmm. you know, before, before and after uh, race. Like what, what are some of the best tips you can give us right now? So pre-nutrition, the focus is really on carbs and a little bit of protein. Proteins and fats are harder to digest right before a run. So I tend to tell folks to focus more on the carbohydrates. So my go-to is really like oatmeal and a banana, a bagel with a little bit of cream cheese or peanut butter, toast or yogurt, simple carbohydrates that aren't going to upset your stomach. Always try your race nutrition during training. Don't ever try it just on race day alone. That is my biggest tip for people. (laughs) You will be sorry. I found out the hard way. My body does not like sports drinks. So... (laughs) Um, You know, during the run, thinking about easy to digest carbohydrate sources, whether you like sports drinks or whether you like whole food like bananas, raisins, um, pretzels, even those fruit or vegetable pouches. Um, Some runners really like those during activity. And then recovery nutrition, the thing you're really thinking about is the carbs and the protein. So uh, that three to one or two to one ratio of carbs to protein, chocolate milk, white milk, Greek yogurt with granola, even a sandwich with protein, turkey, ham, whatever you like, and a piece of fruit. Um, So really carbs to protein after the race. Got it. So I want to finish out the last thing I want you to do. And because you work for Dairy Max, (laughs) 
It is a dairy company. So what are your favorite dairy-based foods that are great for, for runners? Yeah. So chocolate milk's my number one. I absolutely love a cold glass of chocolate milk after an eight or 10 mile training run. Um, my other go-tos I think for runners are Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt super high in protein compared to regular yogurt. Some brands are upwards of 20 grams of protein per cup. So thinking about that muscle building and that muscle repair, Greek yogurt still provides um, the, the nutrients. So the calcium and things that runners need, but a little bit higher protein pack. And then I'm bringing back an oldie, but a goodie cottage cheese. Cheese is a no. very underdeserved dairy. <laughs> you don't hear much about cottage cheese anymore. You're right. You're bringing that one back. That's good. Um, yeah, and it's really unique because the it's low in carbohydrate, high in protein. A serving has about 13 grams of protein. Um, it also contains a little bit more of a slower digesting car or protein called casein, and so it helps with that feeling of fullness or satiety. And I love it because it's versatile. You can make it savory or you can make it sweet. <laughs> My favorite cottage cheese um, dish is cottage cheese with berries and honey on top. So oh. I get a little bit more of the carb right. in there with the protein. It's a good, good post-workout uh, snack. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Jenna, thank you so much. I. I think this was a good start to my uh, the nutrition series here. It's kind of, uh, again, I we wanted to focus more on what it looked like for a balanced diet. You know, what, what are some great foods to be eating and carbs versus proteins versus fats. So I, I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your expertise with us. And, and uh, I look Happy forward to, to I look fun. forward to, to seeing you jump rope at one of our events <laughs> coming up soon. Well, I'll see you in a couple of weeks at the, is it the Westminster one? That's Westminster's first. So. first yeah. So we're going to throw a jump rope in the car. for Hey, us. all right. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring mine and we'll, uh, we'll see what you got versus me. I, <laughs> it's not going to be a competition whatsoever, but, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, thanks a lot, Jen. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Trail Life Podcast. Special shout out to Jenna Allen from Dairy Max for joining me today in our first of three-part series of nutrition. That's right. We want to talk a little bit more about nutrition and how it affects the trail runner. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and we look forward to even more conversations down the road. Until then, we'll see you out on the trails real soon. Mm -hmm.